Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. These people are so posh and snobby, they're snotty. going on Vanya hi guys oh my lord you know I just I think I feel like I always start oh my lord <laughs> it's been a wild it's ride since w- last week <laughs> we recorded <laughs> it's true it's true um hi everyone hello rom criminals hello new people thank you for coming thank you for joining us yeah We're rom crime. crime and we you know we pair the rom-coms with the true crime why may you ask because we freaking want to and we like yeah, it. Yeah, and it's fun. That's right. And so I'm going to start out by giving you my ROM of my week and my crime mm-hmm. of the week. Okay, so my All ROM. Right. Okay, so maybe I'm getting a little sentimental here, Avrin. But okay, so I've, my, I've been alone with my sweet little son this week. He finished school a week ago and my daughter finishes next week. So we've been alone. And that, I don't know why I just told you that. Whatever, that's just... Something that's happening this week, but that's not my rom. My my rom is a love that's more of a familial love than a than like a romantic love because love comes in many forms, y'all. All the forms. Yeah, we love all the forms of love. We love love. <laughs> Me too. And uh, yes, it's Pride Month, so we love our LGBTQ plus a people too. Um, I don't know. Just a side note. Uh, it's June, and anyways, my sweet son needs to learn how to swim. Like mm-hmm. really, really bad. It's he's four. It is it is important because he really he wears his floaty thing, which are they have awesome ones these days. Like when I was a kid, they did not have awesome floaties. We just had the armbands that were like the orange ones that like give you rashes that on could your arms. deflate at any moment. And you're like, yeah. Jesus Christ, oh my God, so help, someone help me! Or maybe that's how I learned to swim because they always <laughs> were deflating. I don't know. But so, anyways, I was like, I ha- he has to learn. So I was looking and looking for swim lessons could not mm-hmm. find every single person's booked the city i'm on like a 60 person waiting waiting list like wow. I, I, the individual ones booked up forever ago because and those are the ones that really work because they have these ones that you go five days in a, five days in a row and they're like 15 to 20 minutes long and by the end the kids are swimming okay so oh, nice i thought to myself you know what nothing's available I'm going to do this. I My job ended. I'm going to take every single day. We have a community pool in our neighborhood. And I'm going to take him for at least 15 minutes every day. Um, day five yesterday. Mm-hmm. My sweet boy. He swam on his own. Oh, congratulations. Oh, my God. Avrin, did it. I, 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 I felt so much pride in him. But I like had 
I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of an emotional person, but like I had like an internal implosion happen because I felt like I never feel like I can do anything right with the kids. I mean, you know what I mean? I don't know. It's just being a parent. It's like that thing you try you so hard. It. But you I taught, taught him, to, him swim. to swim. Amazing. So if anybody wants any tricks out there, I can tell you how I did it so far. I mean, we're, we're still going. We're going to go every day for at least mm-hmm. 15 minutes and continue with the skills and learn more skills. But my God, my heart just about exploded in my damn chest. That is amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. And what a good feeling. It was, oh God, I, yeah, it was really good. I haven't felt that happy and I mean, whatever. I have a hard time sometimes feeling happy. I'm fine. Everything's fine. But this was a really good moment. Um, for my crime, mm-hmm. it's just a short one. It's not an actual crime, but here's my crime. Why is ex- why is outdoor furniture so mother beeping expensive? It is so expensive and it's ugly. It? Oh my God, it's a crime against humanity. Go on. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's just stupid. On. It's stupid. <laughs> I didn't realize it was that expensive. You don't until you have a backyard and you're like, I need some furniture. And then you're like, right. why is this chair a thousand dollars? And oh. it's so ugly. And it's going to be outside and get like destroyed Just, on and shat on no, by birds and stuff. Absolutely. No. Woof. Woof, woof. Crime against humanity. I love it. Okay. So <laughs> I guess um, I'll go now. Yes, My rom. So it was, I guess it was actually a week ago today that, um, my husband's days off are Monday and Tuesday. And so he had gone to the grocery store and he came home and he was like, surprise. And he'd bought filet and lobster tail. And he's like, we're surfing, turfing dinner oh, tonight. Fun. And I was like, amazing. Yeah. So he makes me this amazing meal. And I'm like over in the kitchen doing something to like help out. And I turn around and he has selected a movie for us to watch while we have this wonderful romantic dinner together. My husband, with no prompting, put on something's gotta give starring <gasps> diane keaton and jack nicholson and we oh, laughed so hard it's so good. and watched it's so good and watched a romantic comedy together Ooh, kudos but I mean, like, not good because on of me you, james what? i know i was like i don't even know what's happening right now i'm just delighted and going with it um and i did forget how fucking great it's such a is. goddamn good movie it's just a purely enjoyable experience. Something's and Keanu Reeves is so cute. Oh, oh my gosh. So delightful. <laughs> and then my, I guess I don't have a crime, but I have like a spooky scare Tell. this morning. It also involves my husband. He took the dog on a hike and he called me and he was like, so we're coming home early because we just ran into a rattlesnake. And I was like, <gasps> nobody was injured. It was just <gasps> frightening enough to be like, we have a, you know, a 29 pound dog. So yeah. You see that and you're like, well, just go the other way. But I, my heart like stopped and I was like, <gasps> oh my oh, God. God. That's yeah. like my greatest fear. Me too. So that's my spooky spooks, not a crime. Because rattlesnakes, they are allowed to exist in the world. They're part of the ecosystem. I have no Truth. problem with that. I just don't want to see them or run into them. Truth. Yeah. Okay. That is spooky. <laughs> I'm nervous too because we're in the more deserty area up here and they're, they're there. But I, and I, where you and I both grew up around rattlesnakes, but yeah, yeah. so we don't fuck around with them. We know that they are dangerous. So I'm yes. glad that the baby dog is okay and your husband's okay. Yeah, nobody was, no, there was not like an, an altercation or anything. <laughs> snake, but you know, and my family, but um, but they they came very close to one, and uh, you had to turn <sighs> around and go the other way. Jeez, safe, safe. Glad you're safe. Okay, yeah. well, I am so excited, Avrin. Mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. so tell us what you're doing. As you guys know, I love rom coms. Okay, and so, it, when the newer rom coms come out, I'm not always as pleased. But then again. There's a lot that deliver. Today, inspiring Avrin, I bring you Crazy Rich Asians. 
Yay! It's a smash hit rom-com from 2018. And you know what I decided this week? I'm not going to share the trailer because I feel like it gives away too much. So I'm just going to talk you through it. I'm going to talk you through the story. Here we are. It's about Rachel Chu. Oh, I would also like to say there will be spoilers. So if you have not seen Crazy Rich Asians, you can find it on HBO Max. Awesome. So it's about Rachel Chu, who is an economics professor of game theory at NYU and who is in a serious relationship with Nick Young, a seemingly genuine, perfect guy. He is he's so beautiful. Hot. He's like uh, uh, like so beautiful. I oh. only saw this movie one time, yeah. and I just remember being like, "Holy hell, who is this man?" There's a lot who, of how have I never seen him before? Correct. There is a lot of feasting for the eyes in this movie. I'll tell you that much. He's beautiful. He's funny, and seems to love Rachel for that smartass bee that she is. Life is good for Rachel Chu until she finds out that her hot, funny boyfriend is heir to the largest real estate fortune in Singapore. I mean, that shouldn't be a negative thing, right? But it is kind of because Nick's mummy ain't so keen on him being with a commoner. But oh, she's a commoner. Yes, in 2018, we have true. commoners. Yes, But we will get to that more later. Okay. By the way, this is... the Okay, so no. By the way, the first time we suspect, Rachel suspects, his wealth is after he asks her to accompany him to his best friend's wedding in Singapore. Hell yeah, right? Yeah. So they're going to their seats on the plane. I should actually call them full-size beds on the plane that are roll expensive. So she was so like, like super duper extreme first. Yeah, class. it's the kind where they have like, like little step down from private jet. Exactly. They have like their little cones that they get into. I don't really know. Anyways, because I haven't done it yet. But okay. <laughs> so now they're in Singapore. It's gorgeous. It's opulent. It's an extremely clean major city. And just so happens that Rachel's college roommate lives there. Her name is Pake Klin. Picklin, and she is our comedy gold in this rom-com, giving us the gilded, trashy vibes that I desire. Yes, Aquafina. Oh my God, jeez, you guys, I just please for for her only. She's this movie is so good. I love so her. So good. So she explains to Rachel that her boyfriend is old money rich. So she says they're crazy rich. There's new money all over Asia. We got the Beijing billionaires and the Taiwan tycoons, but the young family—they're old money rich. They had money when they left China in the 1800s and they came to Singapore when there was nothing but jungle and pig farmers and a snake eating an apple and they built <laughs> all of this. Now they're the landlords of the most expensive city. They're so posh and snobby, they're snoshy. I love her so much. <laughs> I love the writing. Good job, guys. Whoever wrote that, good, good for you. So we cut to the many parties leading up to Nick's best friend's wedding, right? Dinner party number one. Peg Lynn dresses Rachel, and she looks fabulous. So Rachel's, she's a professor. She's she's cute. She dresses really cute, but oh, she's yeah. a little more like classic, sort of plain, like slightly humble. Uh, I mean, you know. She's not a crazy rich exactly. person. Exactly. She's more <laughs> of like a Filene's Basement kind of person. And for the West Coasters, Filene's Basement, well, does it even exist anymore? Anyways, it's like, an, it's like a Nordstrom's rack or something like that. Um, boop, ba, ba, dee, ba. Okay, so dinner party number one. <laughs> She, so she's looking fabulous. She's got like disco Cleopatra look, which is what Picklin wanted her to look like. So cute. Um, there she meets Nick's mom, Eleanor. 
Eleanor is cold, Christian, and classy. (laughs) (laughs) Rachel's spidey sense is telling her that this bee does not want her there with Nick. But Nick continues to give Rachel the feeling of support and love, just like a boyfriend who's a little smitten kitten would. Um, Oh, P.S. We also meet Astrid, Nick's cousin, who is drop-dead stunning and married to a quote-unquote commoner, who in the end... Who in the end, he ends up being a douchebag. I'm not going to tell you through that whole story, but it's like a side story they talk about. But right. she's like she already went through marrying somebody who was not necessarily as wealthy as exactly. her. And he holds it against her like a big D. Yeah. And it ruins their marriage. right? And he, yeah. And he sucks. She will find love, I hope, because that guy's a big a-hole. He's an a-hole. OK, so now we have the bachelor and bachelorette parties where Nick and Rachel are separated, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Danger. Bes- Danger. Yes, Danger. I will know. Robinson. I know. <laughs> Besides Rachel enduring some weird mean girl shit, she learns from an ex-girlfriend that she will most definitely be rejected by Nick's family because of her modest background slash being an American. And Nick tells his buddy... He is going to propose to Rachel. (laughs) Yay. But his friend warns him that on top of their class difference, remember, you're supposed to run the family business in Singapore. Is Rachel just going to leave her job for you in New York City? Mm, Oh, good question, actually. Right? Something to think about. (laughs) I mean, yeah. And he's kind of like... Conversation one might want to have before, say, proposing marriage. I agree (laughs) with you 100%. Okay, we're back at the Young Estate, and Rachel and Nick are in a good place right now. And he brings her over to make dumplings with his grandma and his mom. So sweet, right? Yeah. But it seems like everything's going well, especially when Eleanor has a very vulnerable moment talking about this emerald ring she has. But then later, she corners Rachel alone and tells her she will never be enough for Nick or the family. So that's a little (laughs) upsetting. It's like, calm the hell down. But now, instead of just... Rachel's sensing it. She like straight up was like, get the hell out of my life. So my son will never marry you. Her Her bestie and college roommate, Paiklin, they meet at a cafe and they're there to sort of dish it out. Let's talk it out. She tells Rachel that she has to stand up to Nick's mom to earn her respect. And she reminds Rachel that she is a gorgeous, super smart, sophisticated professor of game theory. And Eleanor is playing a muffin game with her. A game of chicken. And guess what? Rachel ain't no bitch. (laughs) And Picklin says, you going to roll up to that wedding and be like, bok, bok, bitch. Love that. Amazing. You love love Picklin. She is everything in this movie. Aquafina just brings a a flavor that I I will always ask for. Um, Okay, so the day of Nick's best friend's wedding arrives. And at the reception, we find out with the use of a private investigator, Eleanor corners Nick and Rachel... She so we find out she she reveals that Rachel's father is alive and she was conceived through an extramarital affair after which her mother leaves her husband and flees to the United States. Eleanor demands that Nick stop seeing Rachel for fear of being linked to such a scandal. And Rachel is like, what the actual fuck? My mom said that my dad was dead. You know, and she's like, right. So she's like trying to the mom is trying to like drive a wedge by being like scandalous. Her mom is you know, trash. And she's like, wait, my dad's not dead. Uh, Yeah, exactly. And so this is a person, Eleanor. Exactly, (laughs) Eleanor. I mean, I know you're Christian, but maybe act like it. Okay. Big problem. That's my big problem with religion. Anyways. But yeah, so so to to Rachel, her world is crumbling. She's in her mind. She's lost Nick. Her 
mother lied to her. So anyways, Rachel's mom, she she flies in. And um, she so Rachel is holed up in Paglin's house. Because mm-hmm. they're rich, but they're not like crazy rich, right? <laughs> right. Like she was super stoked to get the, to accompany Rachel to parties oh, at the super rich. Good stuff, guys. That's just so, she's so funny. Okay, yeah, but so, but her mom, so Rachel's mom flies in from New York and she reveals that, yes, her biological dad is alive, but that the situation was so messed up back then. She, at the time, had been enduring serious domestic violence and her husband, would beat the crap out of her constantly. And she found refuge in an old friend. Um, The affair um, was not planned. And after she found out she was pregnant, she escaped to the U.S., terrified that her husband would kill her because essentially he had beaten her close to death many times before for trivial things. Right, and now she was pregnant with potentially someone else's baby. Mm -hmm. And so, but, so that's like intense and... And a good reason, I think, yeah, to run away. A very good reason to flee your current situation. That's right. And so Rachel's mom also reveals that Nick is the one who flew her out and that he seems like a really nice guy who is madly in love with her. <laughs> so Rachel gets her ass out of bed and out of her funk and meets up with Nick. And when they meet, Nick apologizes. And in the most sweet way, he proposes to Rachel saying he is willing to abandon his family, position and wealth to be with her. Oh, my Lord. I mean, and to just Google an image of him right now, too. I know. Just dr- so you can swoon a little bit. <laughs> dr- dropping those panties right now is what I'm thinking. Oh, my goodness. I mean, he's so, like, come on. That's like, right? So here we are. The rich dude is willing to leave everything for her. But she loves him so much, too much, in fact, to let him do that. <sighs> so Rachel arranges. Because they really love each other. Yes. And, and like in the beginning of the movie, you see their life in New York. They live together. I mean, we both, Avril and I, obviously you guys know most of you, but we lived in New York. It's like, I see them going to restaurants together and just like mm-hmm. having that wonderful pre-children lifestyle that you can have in New York. City. <laughs> um, so Rachel arranges to meet Eleanor at a Mahjong parlor. And as they play, she reveals that she declined Nick's proposal. Because, guys, don't forget, Rachel is a smart-ass woman with a doctorate in game theory. and yep, she, she knows how to play the game. Exactly. She points out that Eleanor has placed her family in an unwinnable position. So it's like either Nick can abandon Rachel and remain dutiful but resentful to his family, or he can abandon his family for the love of his life. Rachel lets Eleanor know that she said no, that she said no to his proposal so that he wouldn't have to make a lose-lose decision. And then she hands Eleanor the mahjong tile that lets the older woman win before revealing that she could have kept it for herself and claimed victory. This showed, and seriously, it was a little confusing to me because I, I do not play mahjong, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm here for all of this. I would like to learn. Seems like a fun game. I love old lady games. I, I don't know mm-hmm. if it's just old people game, but I just like, you know what I'm saying? I'm in for it. Anyways, this showed her willingness to place family over self. So mm-hmm. Rachel's willingness to, she was like, she's a good girl, man. So she, yeah, she's like, I won't make your son make this hard choice that you're trying to force him into making. And also here, you can win the game yeah. because it's more, I, I don't need to win. Yeah. I can just exist in my righteousness and my rightness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I won, bitch. Um, so Rachel walks away with a stunned Eleanor and heads back to New York City with her mom. Fuck these people. That's, I added mm-hmm. that. That's just me. I mean, I wrote this out, but like to me, I'm just like, Bye. <laughs> so they're at the Singapore airport. Rachel and her mom are sitting in coach. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
end, when everything seems really sad, Nick bursts into the cabin, barely catching the plane before takeoff, in a dreamy, much-desired moment on my part. <laughs> mm-hmm. He proposes to Rachel again, but this time with his mother's emerald ring. Yes, right? And that's like the signal that Eleanor has blessed this engagement. That's right. That's right. So, And don't we also find out throughout the course of the movie that Eleanor's mother-in-law yes. also didn't think she was good enough and exactly. that she spent her entire... Because even with the dumpling scene with the grandma, right? Mm-hmm. That's the same grandma who was like, you're not good enough for my son, Eleanor. You know, it's all there. It's a vicious cycle drama. and that's the truth. Absolutely. So they, they stay in Singapore for her and Nick's fabulous engagement party. And can I just mention for a second the costumes here? The dresses are absolutely gorgeous. The guys have beautiful outfits on. This is beyond any American engagement party we could ever met. I think, you know, it's just dripping with diamond opulence at its fullest. It is caviar for the senses. <laughs> I love it. Anyways, Rachel is accepted for her. She is awesome, and Nick seems like a great guy, and they're going to live a sexy life in New York City. Sign me the bug up. I love yes. it. Woo. Oh, my gosh. It really is like one of these movies that the visuals of it, even if like romantic comedies don't interest you, just to the opulence, the beauty, the mm-hmm. gorgeous people and places and parties. It's exactly. like eye candy. The I whole know. movie is just like, oh, my gosh. Exactly. I just put me right in there <laughs> I love this movie for the over to- over the top gorgeous expensive ride it takes us on I totally agree yes a hundred percent and P.S. my husband and I will have our 20 year anniversary next summer and I'm gonna start planning a crazy rich Asian party okay so 2023 get ready for it Avrin buy yourself a- are we going to Singapore <laughs> we're going to Singapore and we're gonna swim in that crazy pool that you can see <laughs> the bottom of it just watch the movie. I'm telling you. It's my husband was saying this this pool is like a super famous. It's like in between two high rises and the mm-hmm. and the pool and the bottom is like see-through. I would maybe get a little nervous. So yeah. Oh, like you're up high but you can see. Yeah, you can like, swim and you can people can look up and see people swimming or doing whatever. I'm looking up so you probably didn't catch that in my microphone. <laughs> but anyways, yes. So that's the movie, guys. I really Amazing. loved it and I I'm excited to see what comes forth in the true crime era for everyone. Yeah, so obviously there's a lot happening in this film to pick from. I did look for um, the story of like a woman trying to get rid of, through some kind of crime, uh, a fiancé of her child. I couldn't really find one. I found a horrible one. Like the, It was actually the story of the last woman to ever be executed in the state of California because she hired hitmen to murder her daughter-in-law. Oh, um, but I was like, Sad. no, th- that's not, I don't want to do that one. Although it does exist. And maybe we'll come back to that one at some point. Um, also fascinating to tell the story of like the last woman that was ever executed in the state of California. Yeah. Before they stopped executing people. Um, I then was like, okay, what else can I look for with this? And so I just typed in crazy rich Asian true crime. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good place to start. And it's it's almost always actually where I start. Where I'm just in case just in case there's a chance yeah. that the movie is somehow connected to an actual crime. Um, this one's not. However, the writer of the book that um, the movie is based off of is technically wanted in Singapore for like avoiding, I think it's called like contrition. Like it's that required service. <gasps> so he couldn't attend the Singapore premiere because they would have arrested him for not uh, 
doing his do his duties. Ooh. I think I got that right. I thought I was like, there's not enough there to make a whole episode out of. But I thought I'd mention that. Anyway, I found this crazy article um, in Medium. Um, written by Ash Woods. And also, let me just cite my sources real quick. So all of this information is from a couple different articles. There's a Yahoo News article by Safras Khan, an article in Singapore Straits Times by Shafiq Al-Khatib, and this article from Medium by Ash Woods. So shout out to my sources. I'm going to tell you the story of the murder of uh, Singapore, like, socialite royalty, Nancy Gan, by her maid. <gasps> okay, so... Let's first talk about the socialite. 69-year-old Nancy Gan was a well-known socialite and philanthropist among the crazy rich Asians in Singapore's upper circle on cir- That was me <laughs> combining circles and echelons. Ooh, I, I like wrote it. circles, but <laughs> echelons is apparently where my brain was. <laughs> so she was known for hosting dinners at her home for all of the ambassador's wives. She was educated at Trinity College. She was an accomplished classical pianist and a porcelain painter who would frequently donate her artwork to raise funds for charitable causes. But she wasn't just like a rich lady that liked to go out on the town to be seen, like to see and be seen. She was very selective about the appearances at high society galas and charity balls. Um, There was a publishing director that said, quote, Nancy's very unassuming and genuine. She belongs to the corporate crowd and is quite selective about the events that she attends, preferring to turn up at charity dues. She's not the kind who will attend events to show off a $10,000 gown. So that's how one person described her. In 2014, uh, a friend of hers recounted how Madame Gann was wondering if she should attend the Bone Marrow Donors Program fundraising gala because she had broken her wrist and was wearing a cast. And uh, she was concerned that if she was wearing a cast and went to the ball, people would want to sign her cast. Oh, my God. And that was unacceptable. She was far too conservative for that. She wrote, quote, if my cast is still on, I think I won't come. Friends might want to write on it, and I don't want that. I am conservative. (laughs) Her younger brother called her an extremely nice and charitable person. A magazine editor who knew her for four years said she's one of the nicest people around, warm, vivacious, and so down to earth. Her neighbors described her as gregarious, neat in appearance, and talented. And when I say she worked in porcelains, like she painted like beautiful, um, like nature type, like birds, flowers, things on like porcelain china plates and cups and stuff like that. And so she would auction those things off for charity all the time. Okay. So now let me tell you a little bit about the maid. Dewey, uh, her name is Dewey Sukawati. She is from Indonesia. And at the age of 18, Dewey Sukawati was ready to get away. She had been living at home, suffering abuse uh, by her father. And she was just ready to get out of there. She's 18 years old. She's like, I'm doing this. Now she had been introduced uh, to a recruiter known only as Pak Bangun, who ran an unaccredited maid employment agency. And he applied for a passport for her. When she received the passport from him, she noticed that the date of birth was stated as August 5th, 1990, even though she was born August 5th, 1995. Now, this is because in Singapore, it is illegal to hire any domestic help under the age of 23. So they had to fudge about her age. So um, Pak Bangun told Dewey to lie about her age and date of birth if ever asked about them. And essentially, it it's kind of appears that she was the victim of human trafficking uh. to a degree. Like being taken advantage of being put to work at an age that she's too young for the kind of work that would be asked of her, which is why it's against the law, and having to lie about her age and all this. And this was uh, Dewey's first job in Singapore. She was still new, not only to being a maid, but to the country as well. 
and everything was obviously this is she's working for like one of the crazy rich Asians of Singapore. Um, this is very different from her home in the small village of Pati from Indonesia. Uh, she was placed as a maid at Nancy Gans bungalow on March 14th, 2014. Okay, now we move to the crime. On March 19th, so keep that in mind, she was placed at Nancy Gans bungalow on March 14th. On March 19th, Dewey woke up at 5.30 a.m. She was going about her daily chores when Nancy rang the call bell to signal uh, Dewey to bring a glass of water to her bedroom. Upon entering the bedroom, Nancy scolded Dewey in Bahasa Indonesian, accusing the maid of using the wrong type of tray for the glass of water, despite having been instructed before, saying to Dewey, wrong again, wrong again, very stupid girl, don't know anything. Nancy then threw the water in Dewey's face and threw the tray to the floor. Dewey was about to pick up the tray when Nancy snatched it out of her hands and hit her over the head with it. <gasps> she then told Dewey that she would reduce the maid's pay to $200 a month if she continued to make mistakes like this. So the mistake here was she brought the water on a plastic, not silver tray, which apparently was a big fat no-no to Miss Nancy Gann, to Madam Nancy Gann. I've lost my place. Okay, sorry. So upon hearing this threat that not only is she, you know, being treated obviously quite poorly here, but now also her her livelihood, like the money that she's supposed to make is being threatened. And this causes Dewey to uh, snap and lose control of herself. And af after she threatens to cut her salary, uh, Dewey grabbed hold of Nancy's hair and hands and swung her employer's head into the wall. Nancy then collapsed from the impact and was unconscious. Dewey notices that now Nancy is bleeding profusely from the back of her head and she panicked because she's like, oh gosh, did I kill her or oh did I not kill her? God. So after 10 minutes, she checks to see if Nancy is still breathing and realized that she did have like a pulse. It was faint, but it was there. And now she's worried, oh gosh, she, she's alive. She's going to call the cops on me. So... <laughs> Dewey decides that she's going to place Nancy's body in the swimming pool to try to make it look oh like a suicide. No, oh no. So she drags um, the body of her employer to the swimming, like through the house to the swimming pool. And as she's doing this, she's remembering all of the horrible things that Nancy had said and done to her in the six days that she'd worked there. And then she specifically slammed her head again purposely on one of the ceramic tiles leading to the pool, which caused Nancy's already injured head to bleed even more. She then turned uh, her body face down before pushing her into the pool, basically ensuring that she would drown, then ran upstairs and retrieved uh, her sandals, Nancy's sandals, and threw her shoes in the pool. So I guess if she was wearing shoes, if the shoes were in the pool, that would somehow maybe signify that she had like gone in the pool with her shoes on to commit suicide. I don't fully understand the thinking there, but that's what happened. So then Dewey starts to clean up the blood trail by mopping the floor where there was blood from like the room where it happened all the way through the house down to the pool several times over, um, getting rid of her blood stained clothing. She then left the house to go across the street to alert a neighbor. But before she gets to the neighbors, she spots a dispatch rider and alerted him. I found my employer in the swimming pool. So the dispatcher then rings police while they're waiting for police to arrive. Dewey basically breaks down essentially that this was her doing. And she's arrested immediately when police arrive at the scene. Okay. People are shocked, obviously. Yeah. This is a very wealthy, well-loved woman who, by all accounts, was incredibly charitable and kind and warm. This is a, 
at, at the time, initially they think it's a 23-year-old maid that's only been working there for six days. They will learn that she's an, actually an 18-year-old uh, maid who'd only been working there for six days. Um, but let me take you through kind of the trial and like what prosecutor said versus what defense said. And then we can kind of talk about what I've just told you about. It's crazy. All right. So the prosecution. The prosecution described Dewey Sukawati's attack on Madam Nancy Gann as indisputably deliberate. The de deputy public prosecutor said that her fatal assault on the 69-year-old victim was made up of three distinct acts. The first, grabbing her by the hair with both hands and swinging her head against a wall. The second, slamming the back of her bleeding head against the edge of a ceramic tiled step. The third, flipping her face down into the swimming pool, basically ensuring that she would drown. So the... Um, the DPP, the deputy public prosecutor, said after the first act, the accused had 10 minutes to compose herself and calm herself down. But when she realized Madame Gann was still alive, instead of doing the right thing and getting her help, she decided that she had to kill her <laughs> by drowning her in the pool. So that's the prosecutor's case. Seems kind of clearly laid out to me as well. The defense. So Dewey Sukawati's lawyer um, asked the court to jail her she's not disputing that she did this by the way she's not like it wasn't me like she immediately right. kind of it all fell apart and she was like it was me um so he's asking her defense is asking the court to jail her for anywhere 10 to 12 years um said that his client had been physically abused by socialite nancy gann from the first day that she started working there madam gann had poked her on her head and hit her with a broomstick he also added that in Dewey's first or few only days of employment, Madame Gann had kicked her on the back and hit her fingers with a plate. He told the court that Madame Gann had also hit one of her previous maids, who they tracked down and brought in. So this um, maid's uh -oh. name was uh, Nural Putri Mildanti, who had worked for Madame Gann in 2013. And according to Nural Putri, uh, her employer was, she said her employer was a hot-tempered and very impatient person who threw, threw things like trays and other things within her reach at her if she was angry. There was an occasion when uh, Nurul Putri was hit and scratched on her hand by Madame Gann. The defense also maintained that the accused, meaning Dewey, did not plan or premeditate to cause the death of the victim. In the end, Dewey is sentenced to 18 years for culpable homicide. They did find mm. her kind of mentally unstable. Um... So I want to mention, as, as things were, you know, said, obviously, it seems like maybe private Nancy was very different than public Nancy. Uh, I read one article that was also in the um, Singapore Straits Times that was like uh, interviewing a couple of members of her family after her, like her wake, basically. And they're all saying like how they're in deep shock. They're devastated. She was always so kind. But I did think this was interesting. So I'm just going to read this little paragraph from it. So daughter Sharon Lim is a doctor based in London. These are Nancy's kids. Um, and uh, Sharon, Sharon's brother, so Nancy's son, Victor, lived with their mother, but is understood to have been in Korea at the time of her death. Both are in their 30s and married, according to a family member. They returned to Singapore to attend the wake and were on hand to greet visitors yesterday. They deliberately kept the wake private, said Dr. Lim, inviting only close family and friends rather than dignitaries or politicians who were very much a part of her social circle. She paused when asked to describe her mother, eventually saying, mothers are mothers. You can't fault her for being a mother. Hmm. Which I just thought every, every family member had said such, you know, like outwardly warm. And obviously relationships between mothers and daughters can be fraught. Sure. But I was kind of like, what does that mean? Like yeah. mothers are mothers and you can't fault her for that. Well. Like that, 
mothers are also people, you know, like, I think so it, I just wanted to say like that that seemed to me to be like a no comment when asked about her mother, basically, which is a yeah. strange thing. Um, when everybody else said a lot of really wonderful, loving things, her siblings and her friends and all of that. So obviously I believe that what was happening in the house probably was happening. If there was like corroborating absolutely other employees that went through that, I don't think anything, you know, justifies like straight up murdering someone. Now defending yourself when you, when you hit her, even though she hit her with a tray, right? So the, maybe that first initial hit, like that could be just like self-defense, man. She just whacked me upside the head. Yeah. And was screaming at me. And so I pushed her, you know, but then obviously like continuing the deciding that you have to make sure she's dead so she doesn't call the cops. Yeah. Is all very complicated. Um, and it's one of those stories that it just made me think about so much of the movie, you know, because I try to find things that that are inspired by certain themes throughout the movies that you're doing or certain characteristic traits of people in the movies. That's often a place I'll, I'll go from. And I just thought how interesting to treat someone poorly it, it can result in the loss of your own life and how important it is to remember that all people have value. All people are people, you know, yeah, like they're not sure. just, they're not just like pawns in your like life story. They're all people with their own experiences. You know, obviously she probably didn't know that Dewey was a, like a, a long time victim of abuse. And so probably was more prone mentally to have a, a weird, like a bad reaction to it especially when she had tried so hard to get away. So I guess if there was like a takeaway in terms of tying this crime into the story, the fun, fabulous, frivolous story you just told is, you know, that it's important to remember that all people are people and to treat them well. Yeah. And I just wish that Dewey had been a master of game theory and could have figured <laughs> out how to like beat Nancy at this game of mean to the maid. Um, there was an interesting uh, kind of addendum to this. So I found this thing online that, the report that I'm going to read from, all the names are redacted in it because I guess it's not like, you know, it's not a public thing. But this is apparently Nancy Gann's son, Victor. So just one week, um, this is from like a court thing, just one week after his millionaire mother was killed in 2014, a man's wife tricked him into signing a handwritten deed of trust, which would have him give up all of his assets. This included an inheritance of some $25 million from his late mother, uh, the man had signed the document on March 26th, 2014. Now, remember, Nancy was murdered on March 19th of 2014. It provided for all of his assets, including the potential inheritance from his mother's estate, to be held by him and his wife on trust for their son, who was then just two years old. The document was signed in the presence of her, meaning the man's wife at the time, father, who was a lawyer. Um, but the couple's relationship soured. And the woman, a 37-year-old former lawyer, uh, filed for divorce on November 26, 2015. So literally like one day less than a year. Or no, that's not right. Sorry, that's November, not March. But, you know, very shortly after they signed this. Five days later, he, the unnamed man, meaning Nancy's son, applied to the high court to set aside the declaration of trust. In granting his application, Justice Theon said he, meaning the son, was in, quote, a state of weakness at the time he signed the deed of trust. This was due to grief and isolation, his relationship with the woman, his lack of independent legal advice, and his trust in her ability as a lawyer. Misrepresenting to him that the deed of trust would take effect only upon his death, she took advantage of his emotionally vulnerable state in order to persuade him to part with the entirety of his assets, which were clearly substantial. The couple, meaning the married couple at the in the middle of this, had been childhood friends, but the man's mother had strongly disapproved 
of their marriage. Uh-oh. And it sounds like maybe Nancy was right to disapprove of this very mean lady. Um, so basically, let me skip down a little bit. The countersuit of to him saying like she was a lawyer. I trusted that she was not guiding me wrong. She also had me do this while I was my mother had been murdered a week before I was, you know, stricken by grief and, you know, not thinking clearly. The countersuit was that he had a change of heart when he found out how much money he actually was going to inherit. Uh, but uh, they all sided with him saying that that the wife had basically purposefully oh, misled good. him to believe that he was putting everything in a trust to protect their son when really it was giving her control of his assets as well, you know? Yeah. Uh, so it was overturned, luckily. But I just thought that was interesting that there was like this other kind of, you know, just mean in like not a crime crime for, you know, but just a shady wife doing some shady shit to her husband whose mother had just been murdered and who was clearly quite affected by it, feeling guilty that he wasn't there because normally I guess he lived, you know, in Singapore and with his mother. Oh, really? Um, yeah, it's, there's a lot of, you know, super rich people are very private, so I couldn't find yeah, too many details because yeah. I was like, how is he married but lives with his mother? But then also, like, traveled a lot for work. So maybe he when he was in Singapore, he stayed, like, at his mother's that home. That makes sense because he had a child, too. But yeah, then again, yeah. some of those homes are so massive that you could have right. another family you there. Could, yeah, and barely ever see each other. Yeah. But I thought it was such an interesting little... One, a horrific thing to do to somebody in his position, somebody who's just had the most horrible thing happen to his family, than to trick him out of his money, you know. But I also thought it was interesting how they specifically noted that Madame Nancy Gann never approved of this woman, which also I thought tied into the crime. Yeah. It makes me want to dig more. It's hard to find, again, as you can imagine, like too much private oh, information. Oh, I'm sure they hide everything, you know. On, on people who don't want that information out there. I wouldn't want people digging through, you know stuff I don't want people to know either so props to you but I thought it was interesting that I, st- I stumbled across that yeah wow where I was just like trying to find more information about the two people at the center of the the story that I was telling today uh, so that's that so is my wild. crime connected to crazy rich Asians that's really good you know it's interesting I'm thinking about like the things that I've learned there's definitely lots of uh little things but I would say uh you know Obviously, there's no reason to snap and murder someone or even like hit someone. But like a lot of that world and maybe not just that world, but when there used to be, you know, slaves here and people were taking Mm -hmm. care, you know, the masters or whatever. It's like the different they just dehumanize the people, the help. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like maybe this woman was nice to her peers. Obviously, she came off nice, but was a complete devil to people who she thought were less than. And I just think, I think, I mean, the lesson is, you know, there shouldn't be class differentiation at all. Right. Or just the importance of all human beings to, to recognize the value in another human. Yeah. That at our core, we are all the same. Well, even go lighter than that. It's like when we, I was working, you know, as a server in New York and I'd be working for people who you could tell they had a lot of money. And oftentimes I did, and you did too, but we helped a lot of celebrities. Generally, celebrities are really nice because because they mostly just were for me, but they're also in the public eye a little bit more. But there right, are those... They know that the waiter could say something. Yeah. That they, know, they know their name. But yeah. there are those like wealthier, upper, whatever side people who are just... They you can you know, they look at you, you know they don't think you're a person or matter. And so yeah. that's really hard 
to, to just as like a 20 year old woman like myself working in New York City, I would come home just enraged. I'm like this. I got to get out of this line of work. I have no respect yeah. at all. So to see I mean, this is a very blown up situation, you know. Well, yeah, it also just, it, it shows the importance of showing everyone respect. Like, I wish that we could teach a lesson to somebody who's un, who unfortunately already lost their life, you know, and probably had only ever seen other people treat the Deweys in their lives the same way, but it doesn't make it okay. No, and, and I don't anything, think she deserved it, a, but also... Should, no, she didn't deserve to die, but also she did, she did not need to be treating apparently multiple people who worked with, for mm-hmm. her. I mean, physically hurting them. It's not just berating That's them crazy. or looking at them like they're nothing, but hitting them over the head with trays and poking them with brooms and scratching their, you know, like doing, that's yeah. physical violence. That's abuse. And especially um, if it's and, a person who was raised in a shitty ex- lifestyle, like growing up and they have not any tools to deal with that, then yeah. the snapped, snapped phenomenon definitely makes sense to me. Yeah, that's why she was, that's why she was charged instead of with like murder, culpable homicide, because like, I guess her, um, her mental capacity, they were able to prove that like what she'd gone through in her lifetime was enough to explain why she would have reacted this way. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that she wasn't held responsible for it. She clearly sat there for 10 minutes and then was like, oh no, she's still alive <laughs> and continued yeah, to kill this woman. Yeah. Um, but she was not charged with, uh, you know, like mm-hmm. something that would get her a life sentence. She was charged with culpable homicide, meaning she was responsible for the murder of this woman um, and sentenced to 18 years. Wow. So it's just, I just, I, there were so many avenues I could go down, but this one just really like caught stuck with me. Cause I remember just that sense of like, we're better than you. Yeah. That's put on Rachel and to a right. degree then like her mother throughout the whole movie of like, you're not worthy of this. And life. she's like, um, I'm a freaking professor at NYU. Bitch. Right. And she was like a really accomplished person. Yeah. And so I can only imagine if that's how they treat just, you know, people who aren't them then the people that work for them oh, must just imagine, have it. Just imagine. Well, and I will say one thing that I learned on the flip side for the rom-com for the crazy, crazy rich Asian movie is the idea that like I watch and I go through this fantasy and I'm like, ah, oh, I love, I love all the opulence and all that fun stuff. But truly, and you know, of course we all know this deep down, but I think this is something, especially in our society today, where we're like seeing like, oh, if somebody has that, then they have it together. Or if somebody, if your house is put together perfectly, then then everything's fine. And obviously right. it's not the case. It's But that's a good reminder for me. Yeah. Of like, I, I, love is important. Yeah. Money mm-hmm. cannot buy happiness. I will take a really nice party though, being thrown yeah. on my behalf. I will take that, but... <laughs> I love a good party. <laughs> awesome. Well, awesome. Uh, wonderful, as always, to pair a rom-com and a true crime with you, lady. You too. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you for listening. Yes, we love you, rom-criminals. Oh, my and gosh. we will see you next Tuesday. That's right. I can't wait for next week. You guys are going to freak out. Oh, it's so exciting. Bye. Rom-crime.